Well, we are in our second week in our message series on, on welcome, on the biblical principle of welcome. Last week, we looked at one of the principles, the foundations, the, the concepts, a little bit of a head kind of knowledge kind of thing there about the biblical principle welcome, that welcome is open to all people. Welcome is there for everyone, no matter who you are or no matter what background you have. Welcome is there. And how do we bring that welcome into reality in our lives, in what we do, in the way we behave, in the things that we do? This week I'm going to look further into the concept of welcome found in the Bible and, and, and then over the next two weeks we're going to explore what some of the practical implications of that welcome is that flow out of these concepts. But before we get going, I want to just share a section of the, of the Bible. It comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. So let me ask you this question. What is your family like? I'm not going to ask my family what they're like. But what is your family like? Do you have a particular way of welcoming one another? Do you like have any like special things that you do together? Are you a big huggy family? Are you a, you know a little bit more aloof and separated and hello, how are you? Well maybe your family doesn't really talk very much at all. Or maybe you don't get along very well. You know, families all come in different shapes, different sizes. Families can be a real blessing, but they also can be heartache and pain, can't they? We've all got that, you know, weird uncle somewhere amongst our mix somewhere that when it comes out Christmas time or special occasion, says something inappropriate. But we all have families and all our families are different. So when I'm talking about being a part of God's family. We all bring baggage with us. We all bring our understanding of family, whether it's good or bad, we bring along what our family is like into when we start talking about what God's family is like, what the family of God amongst us is like. What we need to do, and this is going to be a little... It's harder for most of us to do this, but we actually need to put aside our own concept of our family. We need to put aside what our family has been like so that we can actually fully understand the love and acceptance that we get when we enter into God's family. So we can actually understand what it means to be welcomed into God's family. When we come to our verse that we just had, which was from Ephesians 2.19, we need to understand it also has history it also has a background it also has a reason why it says so now you gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners you are citizens with all of god's holy people you are members of god's family see the apostle paul wrote this letter the letter to the ephesians to the ephesian church 
And the Ephesian church, like, uh, you know, like families and like us, were a little bit divided. But they were divided around particular things. They were divided around their religious heritage. Those who were of Jewish background, who became Christian and followers of Christ, and those who were not of Jewish background, who in the scriptures are called the Gentiles, who followed Christ. See, part of the, the problem was that the Jews felt that you had to do the Jewish thing and then the Christian thing on top. So they wanted the Gentiles to become the same as them, to become Jewish and then followers of Christ. And so division arose. And Paul is trying to address this and tell everybody that welcome from God is for all and welcome is the same and it actually means that the welcome results in membership of God's family and there is not separation, there is not you needing to have to do something else, there is not distinction. Welcome is for all, not just the select few, and welcome is into God's family. So when we break it down, when we actually break this down, you know, what is a stranger, what is a foreigner? You know, we can do it pretty simply. It's, you know, anybody that does not belong to our nationality, those people who are like us. But if we start to break it down into the sense that Paul is also talking about, is those that don't have our own same ethnic background, our own same kind of religious background, the stranger, the foreigner, the other. They were the ones that were separated away. If we go back into the way the temple was actually done, there was separations. You know, the, the Jewish males were the closest to God and then, and then females, and then you, you also had those who were other out there. So Paul is breaking down this separation, this removal and saying we are family. We're together. He, he goes on to say that, in fact, you are citizens. See, a citizen is somebody that actually belongs to a country, is actually under the protection and laws of the country. To be a citizen means that you have the rights, you have rights within this country, but you also have responsibilities. It means that you are one of us. And that's a wonderful thing to be thought that there's not this separation, that you are all one of us, that you have the same rights, the same responsibilities that all of us have in God's family. But then Paul pushes it a little bit further. He says, you are members of God's family. You're not Gentiles, you're not foreigners, you're not strangers, you're not pushed away. You are citizens, you're the same of us. Even more so, you are one of us, you are the family. You are members of the family. You're related to one another and we're related through the saving grace of Jesus. See, welcome is for all, not just for a select few. And this welcome is into God's family. You know, in Romans 15 verse 7 it says this. And I'm just going to read from the New Revised Standard Version here. Welcome one another. And it's that welcome one of them, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So 
where to welcome those members of our family, those who have accepted Christ into the family of God, just as Christ has welcomed you into the family of God. Do not separate, do not draw apart what God has brought together. Because welcome is open to all, not to some chosen few. But even though welcome is open to all, some choose not to accept it. Some choose not to be accepted and welcomed. And welcome is into God's family, but some still choose not to enter into God's family. And what does that mean for us? See, when we accept Jesus as our saviour, as the way into God's family, we are brought into God's kingdom. We are brought into the special relationship that we have with our Lord and saviour. And see, God rejoices and welcomes us. See, that's a great example of how God welcomes and rejoices us becoming part of his family. And it's found in Luke's gospel. It's found in Luke's gospel in chapter 15. And it's often called the story of the prodigal or lost son. So I want to share it with you. See, what Jesus is doing is he's telling some stories to the disciples. Specifically because the Pharisees and the teacher of the law, they were complaining that Jesus was spending time with sinners, you know, with the tax collectors and notorious sinners. I like how tax collectors and notorious sinners are lumped together, but it's there. And they were complaining that how could you a righteous man, a man of God, a teacher of the law, how could you spend time with these people who are outside, who are separated, who are other, who are foreigners, who are strangers, who are these other people? You notice how there's separation, there's not a welcome? And Jesus then makes these points. He, he has a number of stories to illustrate this. And, and it says in Luke 15, from verse 11, to illustrate the point further... Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. You know, often people will will take this section of, the, of Luke's gospel and say it actually kind of equates to the way we have behaved to God's gift to us, to God's gracious offering to us. We wanted our inheritance now and we want to spend it now, we want to share, have it now, but yet when it becomes hard and we lose our way, that's when we come back. But I don't want to focus too much upon all of that. I want to focus a little bit further on. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. So if you actually understand the story, this is actually you know, taking him to the lowest point of low for a, for a Jewish person to be out feeding the pigs. 
The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. And when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against, both against heaven and against you. Notice that he starts to actually understand his own place. He actually understands that what he has done to go off and squander what God has given him, what the inheritance has been, what the Father has given him, that he's actually sinned, he's actually caused harm, he's separated himself. Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me back as your hired servant. So he returned home, so he's, he's, he's heading home back to his father and while he was still a long way off and I love this I love this section of the this passage and while he was still a long way off his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion so you just just picture this and think about how God is doing this for you you're far away You've squandered all that you've been given, but you've, uh, you've come to your senses. You said, God is so gracious, compassionate, we have so much more. God is there searching, looking for you on the horizon, coming. And he sees you. And his heart is filled with love and compassion for you. And he ran to his son. Embraced him and kissed him. So he welcomed him back. It wasn't a sit back and aloof kind of welcome and going, hang on, hang on, you spent all that money and I just, I just want you to know you've hurt me, that you made it bad upon me, you made it hard. I just want to sit back and yep, it's okay, you can come in. There's some food. He doesn't do that. He is this, he's this father who goes against all kind of notions of what, what a, a well-to-do male and I'm going to put it because it's a father figure, would go and do. He wouldn't run off and do this. He wouldn't sprint after. That's not it. So he's breaking these bounds. He's going, my love is just overflowing and I need to get out and I need to run, I need to embrace, I need to kiss. And his son said to him at this moment, he says, Father, I have sinned against both you, both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But notice what the father says. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the, the, kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. I love how that is. How, so the party began. See, this is a welcome. He, he, he didn't sit back and go, no, you can't be. No, I'm going to put you into the hired space. No, I'm going to separate you off. No, you are welcome into this family. I'm bringing you back into the family. I'm giving you back the status that you took away and threw away, that you didn't want for yourself. Get a robe and put it on there. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his face. In other words, protect, care, bring back into, give the status of who he once was. 
and celebrate. See, this is a huge welcome. This is a change in in the understanding of what it means. This is radical because you are welcomed into God's family. It illustrates, this, this passage illustrates for us how we have gone our way, gone on our own way, but God is welcoming us back into his family. He welcomes us, but we also need to do something. We need to ask. We need to come to him and we need to ask for forgiveness and God will forgive you. This illustrates that God wants that relationship to be restored between, between God and us, between God and all people. Not a select few, but for everyone. See, God doesn't care how far you've gone. God doesn't care where you've wandered to. He doesn't care about what mess you may have made of your life or where you may have gone or how successful you have become. But let's not just make it that you wander off and everything goes bad. For most people, what happens is everything's okay. We think everything's going fine and it's going swimming and we don't need God because we're the master of our own lives. Well, yes, we are the master of our own lives, but you know what? That has drawn us away. We no longer feel like we are a citizen of God's kingdom. We no longer feel like we are a part of God's family because we go, we're too sophisticated. We're too smart for this. We've got our own things. We can live it all. We've got the inheritance. We can do it. And so we put aside God. But God cares for us. God doesn't care whether you wandered down a dead-end road or wandered up Success Street, it doesn't matter. What he cares about is that you have a relationship with him. You have a relationship with God. Because in, as in John 3.16, and we always come back to this, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. God is always persistent. God is always there looking for you. God is there welcoming you into his family. There is a robe for you. There is a ring for you. There is sandals on your feet. There is food. There is a bringing into this family of God. Because as Luke 19 verse 10 says, for the Son of Man, that is Jesus, came to seek and to save those who are lost. There's nobody so lost as those who don't even realise that they have wandered away and are in the midst of the wilderness. God is always persistent. God is always consistently and constantly welcoming you back into the family. I want to take a moment for you to reflect upon your relationship with God. Have you accepted the welcome that God extends and is giving to you? Have you accepted the welcome that Jesus Christ 
has given to you through his death and resurrection, through his saving grace, through his atonement, through bringing us together. God's welcome is for all people. It's open to everybody. It is not restrictive. But some people have have ignored that welcome. Some people have not wanted that welcome. Some people think they can do it all themselves. So God's welcome is for all people and that welcome is into God's family, into that close-knit relationship. You know, that family, there will be the weird uncle. There'll be the people you get on well with. There'll be those that rub you up the wrong way sometimes. There will be tension, there will be friction, but we are all together. We are all part of God's family if we accept Jesus Christ as Saviour. It's not an entry fee that we have to pay, it's an entry fee that God has already paid. It's through Christ's blood that we become the family. See, when God looks at us, he doesn't look at us, he looks at Christ in us because of what Christ has done. And he sees Jesus and he goes, you are part of our family. Because Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. So let us rejoice. Let us rejoice because God is welcome is for all people and is a welcome into his family. So let's just pray together. Gracious Lord, we just give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for the message. We give you the thanks for the fact that you welcome us into your family. Even when we go our own way, even when we say that we don't want anything to be a part of you, even when we say we regard you as dead, just as that son did to the father, you welcome us. Your welcome is consistent and it is there. It is persistent and it is to welcome us back into your family so that we may have a relationship with you. Lord, we ask that you be with us, that you help us and that you accept us. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.